0: Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Jack in, Normies. We're crashing the mainframe, downloading mega RAM, and uploading digipixels in the near future. It's cyberpunk on Normies like us.
1: Be quiet and do what you're told. Take your medicine every day, and then end up all shrilling like those kids. I want Rob If this is all a lie, will I get my old memory
2: back?
3: The abduction was performed by a group of
2: boomers.
0: All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain.
3: Welcome back to Normies Like Us, Future Edition. That's right. It's the not-too-distant future, and things have gone bad. It's smoky, it's neon, and you better believe we've got some weird robot parts, too, because we're talking cyberpunk on this episode uh, of Normies Like Us. Thanks for joining with us, your hosts. Um, I'm going to be, like, Electro-Colin.
0: <laughs> nice. I'll be Major Major Mike Toko Kusanagi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
1: very Go good. Ahead. Just a <laughs> <And> This
0: is <laughs>
2: Jacob Silverhand. Wake up, samurais! Wow. Street samurais.
0: Wow. So, all right, we've all got a cigar or a cigarette. There's mm. pure neon blasting, and uh, we're we're here in the mega city of Normtropolis. I That's guess. right. I'm My glasses on my. Even though it's raining and noodles it's pitch black, uh, food stand. I'll never cry. There'll never be tears in my reign. But yes, it's cyberpunk time, (laughs) not just the game, although that is a thing. We determined that now would be a good time to talk the genre of cyberpunk because it's much beloved and uh, there's a lot to talk about here. And I think the game, uh, you know, has really brought it back to the forefront of pop culture, especially for a lot of people who may not be as familiar with the genre as uh, a lot of times we take it for granted being fans of Blade Runner and and things like that.
2: Definitely.
3: Here's what I love, Mike. We've done on this podcast, Normies Like Us, where we talk about the simple stuff. We we sort of break down, you know, the niche to the normies. We've done genres, done Westerns. Easy. A Western is a Western. We've talked Mm -hmm. steampunk in our Wild Wild West episode. Like, what is steampunk? What is cyberpunk is what we're going to be talking about this time.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what what do we think cyberpunk is, Jacob? What does cyberpunk mean to you? Well, I hear that word
2: for me. Uh, you know, it's a combination of an aesthetic, a uh, you know, just a all-encompassing like a time period. Uh, it's I, I don't know if it's a genre. I would more consider it, like a subgenre of like sci-fi, right? Because it's sci-fi, mm. but it's it's an aesthetic and it's a a kind of it usually has a socio-political. Uh, you know, message or theme, um, you know, a lot of times dealing with, with technology, uh, with politics, both like, you know, real world events carried into the future. Like how would that, you know, for instance, like, you know, automation, right. That's like a real thing that's like, you know, the specter of automation is causing, you know, people to, uh, lose their jobs and stuff. How, where does that, you know, go into the future? Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. seems to be, you know, predicated on kind of, um, society reflecting on its dependence on technology and where that might go and kind of like you said the anti-establishment nature that's the punk part of the cyberpunk Definitely there's always is. like a mega corporation or a conglomerate yeah and it's always kind of that street level i hate the um kind of pristine future like this is you know the smoky the gritty the dungy overcrowded mega city where there's oppression and generally people can try to fight against exactly. it exactly Exactly.
1: It is the anti Star Trek, right? I mean, this is uh, not a future where mm. things went the way they were supposed to go. It's essentially the complete opposite.
0: The way they're going to, right? Themselves. Yeah, Star <laughs> yeah, Trek yeah, yeah, yeah. is <laughs> a
2: uh, yeah. It's Star Trek is a utopia Idealist futurism. Yeah, it's a post scarcity mm-hmm. society where no one you know no one's starving or anything like that. Um, whereas you know, I think Cyberpunk a little more realistic, maybe if you're a, a pessimist like me, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah, taught me I'll, the I'll
3: term uh, used future with Star Wars. You guys talked a little bit about that, how it's dusty and dirty, and that's what Star Wars introduced. Joe, you just mm-hmm. said Star Trek utopian, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous future. Another one we've talked about on this podcast is retro futurism, which is like the Fallout, you know, sort of like the American dream aesthetic or whatever. Cyberpunk, the mm-hmm. difference, kind of Japanese influence. We brought that up a little bit. No R, like we said. But then the big one to me is exactly what you guys have said the punk nature, the anti-corpo.
0: Totally. Yeah, for sure. And definitely because it's coming out of like the late, you know, 70s, early 80s, and there is kind of the rise of um, Asian countries and the global market. So there's a lot of that influence, like we were joking about noodle shops. Like in almost <laughs> every one of these damn movies, people are eating noodles. Right. But uh, so it's this combination of, yeah, technology, global economy, and, and all this stuff. And. You know, how do you how do you relate to that as a human being, essentially? Yeah, I
2: would say multiculturalism is an important Mm -hmm. thematic thing throughout. Um, Whereas, yeah, global globalism, right? You know, the one world government kind of thing. um, That's a lot of times seen in in these. And um, the idea that, you know, there's all people from all different cultures. So these giant mega cities are like a, a, a melting pot where there's all kinds of different cultures rubbing against each other.
0: Right. And then that brings to mind not only the idea of identity and cultural identity, humanist identity, but then also with technology and a lot of times androids looking at you know, right. Blade Runner, we'll get into it with replicants. What does it mean to be human? Can AI be human? And like these questions of humanity that we've been wrestling for 2000 years are just now battling with technology as well.
1: More than anything, I think the thing with cyberpunk is, though, it is a vibe at at, at its core. Like you can just see something and throw that phrase onto it. It's definitely a phrase that I think gets used a lot, even for stuff that doesn't necessarily fit in the genre. It's just got like cyberpunk vibes. Hey, right. Joe, will you yeah.
3: defend something then? What is vaporwave and what is cyberpunk?
1: <laughs> oh, you're asking. Well, I, I have no idea, man. That, that is <laughs> vapor a vaporwave. Is, I would say is vaporwave is a uh, is a
2: music yeah it's a music subgenre that's generally but it's an aesthetic
3: um, it's neon it's fog yeah it takes a would lot say from it's more
2: like
1: bulk if that makes their sense. their vibes it's just vibes vibe- I would say that they a lot like of
2: uh, cyberpunk adjacent media will take certain elements of the aesthetic um, and yeah like the neon the you know like um, Japanese writing or whatever but, you know yeah.
0: It's like the synth wave too, like, like you know, um, Vaporwave is kind of based on that 80s synth music that's very Blade Runner, you know, Ridley Scott vibe. So part of it's this nostalgia of the 80s and that aesthetic. Totally. And the soundtrack just happened to be those 80s synths, and now they're just kind of tied to that aesthetic for sure. Wow.
2: Yeah, I t- and to add to that, I think a lot of the, obviously the aesthetic of, of Cyberpunk comes from when it was basically developed in the mid 80s with uh Blade Runner and of course in the literary world world you have William Gibson right who is the sort of the father of cyberpunk as a subgenre um his his novel Neuromancer was kind of the first work that kind of established the the aesthetic and the you know um just the entire genre of cyberpunk um What's really funny, you know, Philip K. Dick, yeah, you know, and which Blade Runner so, obviously is based on uh, Philip
0: K. Dick uh, stories. So do androids dream of electric sheep? Yeah, I mean, I and
2: and the, and the the interesting thing was so 1985 that's when uh, Blade Runner came out, I believe, and that's when William Gibson was writing Neuromancer. And I was I was doing a little research this weekend and. Um he actually said William Gibson as he was writing Neuromancer he saw Blade Runner in theaters and he thought like oh no like everyone's going to think that I'm like ripping off this aesthetic because it was so close to what he imagined and wow. what he was writing at the time so it was just kind of a coincidence but that that whole aesthetic really started in the 80s so it's kind of an 80s version of the near future and now we see a lot of homage to that with current stuff that's coming out but it's still kind of reflecting that 80s Near future aesthetic.
3: Can I make one distinction? I would like to point out. I think it is a liberal's version of an '80s future because it is so much rooted in the anti-capitalism fascism of Ronald
2: Reagan that it's like, yeah, it's oh anti- my god, Reagan. everything's totally, going to
3: be so totally. bad.
2: Well, in the '80s, the, yeah, the, it's like yeah, <laughs> the biggest problem that like America really had in the '80s was kind of or like you know young people in America they were kind of afraid of being corporate or being, you know, in the system, right? That was a Yuppies. huge thing in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that's definitely reflected. I mean, yeah. think about the, you know, the Apple advertisements that were popular at the time where you had the 1984 plays. Like, this was a a... Theme that was going into all aspects of culture. Ironically, major corporations making anti-major corporations <laughs> right. come uh, you know, advertisements. And that famous
2: Apple um, ad, right, with the where they throw the hammer into the screen. That was directed by Ridley Scott. So it's all tied together with Ridley Scott really shaping that aesthetic. Here's a,
3: an amazing correction I want to make from our Alien episode, Jacob. I said it was Frank Miller who wrote the original draft of Alien 3. It was William Gibson. And I actually went ahead and read his wow. uh, comic book version of it for this podcast. Fucking the guy is so good, dude. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. William Gibson is... Oh, sorry, go.
1: I, I was just going to ask, has anyone read the the Sprawl trilogy from Gibson that starts no. with Neuromancer?
2: I have yeah. not read it, but I'm kind of interested to, um, what's interesting is like he really came up with a lot of the terms and a lot of um, what makes Cyberpunk with like the net running and that kind of stuff um, with the Sp- Sprawl Trilogy. And then another fun fact about him I wanted to add, after the Sprawl Trilogy, he also co-wrote a novel called The Difference Engine which is kind of widely seen as the first steampunk um, media. Mm. So he also had a hand in creating the steampunk subgenre. So it's kind of funny mm. he created What's another
3: punk we should make, guys, on this <laughs> phone? What's normie punk? Medieval I guess that would punk. be our thing
0: <laughs> Medieval punk Yeah. yeah, yeah medieval stone yeah. Yeah. stone punk wear armor stone <laughs> punk. <laughs> I like stone punk too That might be what's next cavepunk Yeah, grog corp has too much freaking <laughs> wow. meat and fruits we're gonna yeah, take yeah. down grog corp grog, grog gonna yeah. get wheel wheel control world
3: all right so break Guys, the wheel all right we the just broken broke it wheel down a little bit we punk. talked about no. the terms we talked about the writer we talked about the big one let's get into some media now let's go ahead and jump we're gonna be talking more cyberpunk after this We're back. We're jacked in. We're downloaded. We are in the mainframe. We're hacking. Click, 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 click. I'm typing away. am running the and, net. And uh, I'm, I'm hacking bodies. But first, right now, we're going to hack some minds. We're going to keep talking. Cyberpunk, baby.
0: That's right. Talking the genre, talking some of the media associated with it. There's been tons of films. We talked a little bit about the books early on, video games, all that. We're just going to kind of get into it. Uh, I want to ask you guys, that off the out the gate here. Um, kind of what was your first introduction to cyberpunk in media? Because I think that's going to be very telling as kind of our baselines individually as we look at this genre. Uh, Joe, what was your first All right, well, I'm going
1: to try not to bloodborne this podcast too badly, but uh, (laughs) Batman Beyond was my first experience with cyberpunk. I think it absolutely counts, uh, so much so that Akira was obviously a major influence on the production design, The cities. Uh, his sort of pseudo sidekick who knows his identity, Max Gibson, uh, obviously an homage to the godfather of cyberpunk. And, you know, it has that sort of Japanese inspired multiculturalism with uh, a cyberpunk mm. aesthetic and a different type of music than that than what was popular at the point. And The original plan for the show before it kind of became what it became was to have corporations as the bad guys to focus solely on like white collar criminals in
0: Gotham. So you're kind of getting all of the themes in a Batman show. Right. That totally checks all the boxes. That is awesome. Batman Beyond. I thought I was going to have an obscure answer. I'm going to save it. And I want to go to uh, Colin. What was your first cyberpunk I'm
3: kind of going to blow you guys' minds, too. So Jacob put an awesome list together. I'll be honest with you. Joe just mentioned it. Akira. My brother was super into anime. We rented that early. Sure, totally. Uh, Blade Runner. You know, Randy Brooks, my dad. Big movie fan. Obviously, we're watching all the big ones. Here's one not on Jacob's list. That I will defend. Let's run through it.
1: Tron. Okay. Wow. You know, when we were riffing in the intro, I almost said, oh, I'm going to jump on my light cycle. And Uh, I thought, oh, is Tron cyberpunk? Joe, is Tron cyberpunk? One,
3: you and I always talk about Disney and how Disney Plus is not doing it right. Make a Tron show. You're being ridiculous. Stop talking about returns and other things like that. You're sitting on a gold mine. Two... Is Tron Cyberpunk? It's about a guy who gets a body mod because he uses insane technology to literally go inside a computer. He fights Master Control, which is literally the AI inside a corporation. And it's I don't know, a unique crazy world, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean I know especially there. if you include yeah, and Tron Legacy especially. That whole yes. inside-the-grid vibe, like that even takes it further to be 100%. For sure, this counts as cyberpunk in the original Tron. I see those themes. Mega Corporation. Totally. Um, yeah, all that. Fight the Power. Fight the power I, I like maybe. that. I never would have thought about Tron.
2: And I think there's a lot of uh, sci-fi just in general that um, may not be like fully cyberpunk, but it still takes certain things from the cyberpunk genre, I think. so. Still adjacent. Yeah, a lot of... Cyberpunk adjacent.
0: I like that. User. Uh Jacob, Completely. speaking of yeah, talk to another user over here. What's your first cyberpunk? Uh you no, know, you guys had really good answers.
2: Um I have a really bad memory, so I can barely remember anything from when I was young. But um, <laughs> I do remember specifically uh when I was in high school or middle school, like maybe I was a freshman in high school, but I was I was homesick. I I was uh sick and I was at home and I uh, remember I follow <laughs> I'm I, uh, with you. I, I, I recorded, I, I, I was like, you know, we had TV and I was like, I need something to watch on TV when I'm sick. And I saw that, that Blade Runner was actually playing on, um, TNT or something. So I just I was like, oh, I've never I've heard of this movie Blade Runner and I've heard it's supposed to be so good. And at that time I was kind of like getting into different kinds of movies and stuff. And I was like, all right, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm gonna watch this movie Blade Runner. And I recorded it and I watched it when I was homesick and I had a like, fever, so I had like I was like watched it in like this delirious state and I didn't really understand like all of it, but I was just like amazed at the just the aesthetic of it and and I just loved it and the just the color and you know it's so like I just love the, the cinematography the way it's shot and um, so that's like a really vivid memory to me mm. I have the a theory
3: early. that you weren't sick and it did the robot <laughs> test and you short circuited yeah. yeah
1: yeah I don't know if you were sick or at home I don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> or he home he doesn't sick. remember much of his childhood
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right I don't know this is suspicious. I don't know if I would get yeah, unplugged <laughs>
2: But um, yeah, to, to this day, it, re, you know, remains one of my favorite, all time favorite mm. movies. Um, just the vibe, you know, like, like Joe said, like, it's got a great vibe.
0: Mike, what gotcha, about gotcha. you? It man. is kind of. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And I need to mention, you know, Blade Runner, obviously a lot of people um, look at that as kind of the grandfather of at least in film, you know, the genre of cyberpunk really codifying the visual language of it for audiences. But for me, you know, uh, much like Colin said with Akira, like I was more into the anime side when I was younger and I saw things like, you know, Ghost in the Shell, Akira, Bubblegum Crisis, Appleseed, and you know, series like that long before I even saw Blade Runner, which was in like college was actually the first time I saw Blade Runner. So, I'm more versed in the anime side of cyberpunk and even, you know, like Final Fantasy VII had like a cyberpunk aesthetic. Right. To uh Midgar and stuff Anti-Gorpa. like that. So I'm kinda coming from Yeah, that that angle and yeah, that multiculturalism and the mega cities inspired by like Kowloon and Hong Kong and stuff like that. That that's a very important vibe for me. It's you know, like neon with kanji. Yeah, I and think with um Chinese characters and Final stuff. Fantasy
2: Seven, I would definitely consider that cyberpunk and even the thematic, sure. like, you know, they're basically like uh, environmental terrorists, right? So the environmentalism that's like uh the the punk aspect of it, like against the, um, you know, taking the down a corporate. Yeah. It's interesting. Exactly. exactly it so. has to be
3: apocalyptic, but it cannot be too apocalyptic. It literally has to be almost what we are in our world now with the climate crisis and other things like on the verge of just going so bad. Right. It's like a- night skies, pollution. A lot of it is environmental based. Like you're saying, Jacob.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of it reflects the, you know, the fears that we have, now right with with you know global warming overpopulation um automation like i said um there's a lot of kind of um existential threats to our society and this is like speculative science fiction to see like well what's going to happen you know in the distant future well this is like one thing that could happen right so for sure
0: yeah um and I think that's what's fun about the genre is it's I mean, it, it's kind of depressing, but like it's looking at things that are challenging us today and kind of framing them in this interesting world where, you know, we can be you know, looking at society's issues in a different way and how could you rebel against it? It's almost like this fantasy of, yeah, I want to take down, you know, Google or whatever right. the hell. And you could do that in, in cyberpunk media.
3: Can I ask you guys the big question, though? Matrix. OK. You know, something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Um You know, any of them. Cyberpunk, the video game, I know for sure. A lot of it comes down to body modification and integration with technology. You have Elon Musk now who's literally doing chips in brains and saying this is the future and stuff. This is how we're going to listen to music. Does that scare you guys? Would you ever want to do some sort of neural link? Would you ever? Well, I guess that's the big one. Would you get body mods? Joe, would you get robo legs? Would you get, you know, blade arms?
1: (laughs) Would I get like a, like a, a bucky arm, just like a winter soldier arm? I don't know, man. I'm, I don't even have any tattoos. Like it's going to take a lot to be like, oh yeah, but this is my robot eye that shoots lasers (laughs) <laughs> that said, like if if I was in an accident or something, and it was like you could have like a regular, you know, fake leg, or you can have a fake leg that has like a jetpack. Like, I'll, yeah, I'll take jetpack <laughs> leg.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, it's covered in your insurance plan. You can get, yeah. you get the jetpack option. Same deductible. Yeah. At least now I'm going to um, get
3: Robocop. I'm just going to be like a complete <laughs> prosthesis. It's going to be terrible. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think this is a really interesting thing that, um, there's like a whole school of thought on this called, um, transhumanism, right. Where it's Ah. like basically, Mm -hmm. um, deals with like androids. Cause like if you're replacing parts of your body, eventually, um, you know, how much of your organic body can you replace and still remain you as like an identity? Arguably, all you really need is your, your mind or your thoughts, whatever makes you, your soul, you know, inside of your brain. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's a lot of what the ghost in the shell is tackling is, you know, what, what is it to be human, human or conscious? And, you know, it's like the ship of Theseus, like Jacob's saying, you know, they replace one board at a time, one crew member at a time. Eventually it's a whole new ship. Right. even though it looks the same. So what is, yeah, human, is it just your consciousness? And at what point can artificial consciousness but personally? Count? And I think that's kind of, yeah, that's where the line is for me. Cause it's like, yeah, what is right. human? It's, if it's not my body and it's my mind and my mind can go in a machine and I'm still human, it, it, that's a philosophical yeah, question. Yeah,
2: personally, I think like, you know, your body isn't you. That's kind of like the vessel that really you is your thoughts and your feelings as what your personality, right? So you can theoretically transplant your brain, basically put it in a robot body and you're still you. So that's how oh, I feel. But hold on, Jacob, let's do that,
3: that real quick. The altered carbon. Right. That's the Netflix show where it's let's take an image. It's just a scan of the brain. That to me, you know, when you see media where it's like, I'm a billionaire who wants to live forever. So I finally had my brain scanned. And even though I'm about to die, good luck, robot me. That's not you that other you, that is a copy of you that would almost be like your twin. I don't move well, to if that you get consciousness. Into copies, I um, die.
2: I die. I'm dying. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you get into copies, that's a whole <laughs> different thing. Like if you're just transplanting your brain or your you know, consciousness and putting it into a robot body, then you're still you. If you're making copies yes. of your brain, that's different. And that's almost gets into cloning. Like if you clone yourself, like is that other person you? It's, it's No. All, it's you. And it's also not you because it's, molecularly identical right but it's still but i'm made, still separate
0: yeah T- tng already solved this when Riker <laughs> got cloned in a transporter right. Oh, accident. is that true <laughs> made evil right there was two yeah. Rikers. yeah he bounced off the. he wasn't even evil he just had a right. different life Mirror. plan. <laughs> he just takes his name to jeff or something yeah. he shows and up in he goes DS9, on to be in deep
2: space nine a, yeah that's a great episode that's
0: right um wow but here's the thing, like, what is, what is you know, DNA, but something that's programmed to replicate itself, right? You know, what is our brain but a computer, right? And we're getting to the point where we're storing data in DNA, you know, and, and yeah, I, I see this as something that was fantastic at the time, but really doesn't feel that far off, you know, again, what happens to my consciousness if I download a computer? I don't know. But is that technology achievable by mankind? I think it feels like it's getting closer, you right? Know? Uh, than ever right now and in the same
2: sense like um ai uh, you know is becoming so advanced like that's what blade runner is about like if you have andrew if you have a robot that is so close to a human that it it can't even tell if it's a human or not and it needs a special test to even tell like you're getting into you know those ideas like Um, that's becoming more and more touring tests and things. Yeah. That's becoming more a reality because, and I think what's interesting about a lot of these things from the eighties and nineties is they had an idea of like the internet and stuff before it is what it is today. So it's kind of, um, but in some ways they got certain things right. And in some ways the internet's almost surpassed what people could even imagine in the eighties. So I think that's very interesting as well.
0: Right. And we talked about, um, like the anti corporatism and like I'm not my job. So then to have an entire race or segment of society that was literally robots created to perform a job, then rebelling against that concept, right? It's all tied together with this kind of anti corporatism. Right. I find that Hi Robot interesting. starring Will Smith. Um
2: Ooh. great movie. Cyberpunk. Yes. Cyberpunk. Her <laughs> cyberpunk? <line>.
0: Where's Converse <laughs> Chuck the Taylor, I guess. Oh, oh, and he got you a go. vintage motorcycle
1: that runs on gas. It's more like cyber ska. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know if cyber it ska. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's like cyber pop. Yeah, like is is the Matrix?
1: Is the Matrix cyberpunk like cyber or is it like cyber goth? Like they're all wearing <laughs> right. cyber you, goth. You know what I mean? Like
3: yeah,
2: yeah. Look,
3: I
1: want to make this subgenre you. even more. Well the, sub, the
2: matrix is know. interesting cuz it kind of
0: like, <laughs> hardcore post Yeah, I find hardcore.
2: the matrix really interesting cuz it takes themes from things like Blade Runner but then it also has more of a 90s aesthetic like what was popular like with 90s goth and and that kind of thing with the leather and the sunglasses and stuff um and it's you know it's interesting we're talking about this now and you know they're making a new Matrix movie that's coming out like this year. So that's pretty fun, right? Yeah. So sh- let's I mean, let's good... say
3: real quick. Yes. Is he the king of cyberpunk? If Keanu is in Keanu. something, is it cyberpunk. If he's, he's in be. the game 2077, if he's in Johnny Mnemonic which Jacob William Gibson, I mean that's a short story, he wrote the screenplay, very famous early cyberpunk stuff. Matrix. Totally. Keanu Reeves. Totally. Is he a cyberpunk himself?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's basically Keanu. To me, he's got like three distinct personas. He's got like the surfer dude, like his early kind of thing, Billy yeah. Ted. And then he's got you know cyberpunk with the Matrix and stuff. And then he's got John Wick, where he's just like a badass. But um,
0: and where's Constantine <laughs> fall in this uh, Venn diagram? Of- <laughs> I think <so> he's <laughs> badass. demon punk. Demon punk. Yeah. 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 Somewhere between demon punk. We're creating all the genres today. But I think putting uh, Keanu yeah, in the
2: video game is like perfect. It's a perfect fit for him. Right?
0: Yeah. Joe, what you got thoughts on Keanu being a cyberpunk icon of this? Age? Uh
1: yeah, sure. I'll give it to him. Like, who else is gonna take it? Uh I watched Johnny Mnemonic for the first time over the weekend, and I f- fucking adored it, man. Like I awesome, I baby. would love to see an updated version of that movie. Like it has all of the cyberpunk nods to me, where you have like Ice T with the Anarchy A tattoo in the yeah. middle of his head. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the the Yakuza being in there is a is a wild nod. Um, totally. It, Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic has Henry Rollins in it. He uh, yes, Gives yes. a speech at one point about like information overload.
2: And.
1: Uh, he yeah. is in Batman Beyond and plays a character named Mad yes. Stan who gives basically the same exact speech. So, ah, that's interesting. Crazy.
2: yeah, I, Joe, I watched it for the first time recently as well and I liked it a lot. Um, Henny Rollins is kind of like, if you've played Cyberpunk, he's, he's basically a Ripper doc, um, which is the uh, people that like put the body modifications in you. But the whole idea oh, of put, storing data in your brain. Um, that's like a huge part of the cyberpunk 2077 story um, where basically you're, the, the main character gets his chip put in his head, which contains um, Keanu Reeves uh, as Johnny Silverhand's uh, persona wow. basically. so he's kind of with you this whole time throughout the game. He can appear and talk to you and stuff. It's um, so, so it's cool, ironic an homage. Yeah, oh, for sure. And and again, the funny thing about um, Johnny Mnemonic is, like, I forget the exact amount of data, but he has, like, 100 It's, you know, it's, 100 it's like gigabytes 336 300 gigabytes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, less than um, a terabyte. He's like, I got all this data in my head. <laughs>
1: I, I, can't, I can't even think, man. It's crazy. I just want Can to fucking guys, room service.
3: Uh, was Jones the
2: Dolphin your favorite character? <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I didn't fully understand the twist where the dolphin is like doing things, but, um, Math. I will. Dolph Lundgren is in that too, as like the yeah. preacher assassin, which is like a really Jesus? cool role. Yeah. yeah street yeah, Jesus. Dude. Very cool. Um, very fun movie.
1: Uh, ice tea is definitely my favorite character though. Cause the, the dreads and the, the, the anarchy a in the middle of his head, I was totally yeah. there for it. Totally. Uh, I'll tell you one, one like super dumb nitpicky, uh, issue I had with it it the movie starts on January 17th 2021 2021 Uh, yeah uh it says it's a Thursday it was a Saturday like it just (laughs) happened it was a Saturday I don't know you're writing a screenplay you can't just like flip a calendar forward a couple years and and make sure you got the date right
2: well that'd be like 25 years but I don't know if they make calendars that far in advance
0: what <laughs> do they uh, yeah, good. it's totally well, that movie came out in 1995 so, so, yeah I mean, well things it's change a lot all like the you time just, you, can-
2: you think you can just buy a calendar for the year 2021 in 1995
0: yeah, yeah. You may be able to calculate 365 <laughs> minus That's a lot of years math, and get the right answer. I
2: can't make screenwriters do math.
0: I'm yeah, okay. not doing I, that. I've only got 356 gigabytes <laughs> of mind. I can't figure Look, that. Look, the internet existed
1: in 1995. I'm giving zero passes on that.
0: Okay, fair enough. They did away with leap year in that society, yeah. Joe. Oh, oh, there you go. There you go. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's an answer. Yeah. Uh,
2: but Colin, like you said, um, that's a, based on a short story by William Gibson, and the character Molly Millions um, was introduced in that story, which is um, the female, uh, like... Bodyguard character in the movie, but I think they changed her name a little bit. But that character also shows up again in Neuromancer because all his sprawl stuff was in the same universe. So that's very interesting.
0: Nice, nice. I got a, I got yeah. a question then um, for movies of this era. Is Demolition Man cyberpunk? Because I think you're the Dennis Leary Society underground and kind of the megacorp. And it's it's not quite, but it's adjacent. It could be.
2: It's adjacent.
0: It, here's my thing. I don't think a cop can be a lead of a cyberpunk movie. What's
1: right? Like, I'd say just, Robocop
2: oh. is cyberpunk, I would say.
3: Yeah, but Joe's kind of right. Usually it's outside the law working with the yeah. restrictions
2: of
1: the or law. Or a private detective. You know, it's right. not
0: like right. straight up, I am cop. Okay, okay. I, I, I could see that. But mm-hmm. arguably,
2: um, you know, Harrison Ford in Blade Runner, he's kind of like a cop. But he's more of a private eye where he's, he's a Blade, Blade Runner, runner assassin around, trying to hunt down androids. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, see, I think that's the difference is, like, the cops don't like detectives. I mean, it all harkens back to, you know, film noir as a genre. Right? Yeah, right.
0: Right. But then I, if I'm looking... I love Demolition Man, though. I do love it. And I think there's elements, like I said, with the Dennis Leary Society parts, it's kind of, it's it's adjacent, but maybe not quite. Then maybe that's also um, pop, cyber pop punk. You know, it's a little more mainstream. Right. <laughs> hey, here's
3: here's <laughs> a question. Do you think if you asked Sly Stallone what cyberpunk was, he would even
2: have (laughs) any idea?
0: (laughs) I don't think he would have
1: any idea. I don't, I don't. Uh, cyberpunk, that's a type of music. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> but he was also in a Judge Dredd movie and then the newest right. dread movie uh with Carl uh Urban. Is that guy's name? Carl Urban? Urban. Carl Rural Carl um, Urban. That I would consider cyberpunk because it's kind totally. of exists in a cyberpunk world where they have this giant like apartment complex and stuff, and there's a lot of uh near future technology and stuff. So
1: That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I gotta walk back my I can't be a cop statement I, Yeah. Judges are Well, generally, it's remember.
2: if if a cop is like the protagonist or centered around a cop, um, it's usually a cop that kind of gets disillusioned with the system mm-hmm. and either loses his job or something happens to him that kind of the you know the threshold of the story where he you know becomes disillusioned with. The yeah, system. it might
0: start as a part of the. Well, while we're asking. Um- Yes.
1: While we're asking, like, is this cyberpunk questions, is Super Mario Brothers the movie cyberpunk? Hmm. Because I feel like it has a more punk aesthetic than any of these other movies. Mushroom
3: Kingdom is almost a corporation. Uh, Boss Koopa in that is definitely Dennis Hopper, a guy. I mean, he's not a king.
0: There's body horror, man, and like techno stuff. I mean,
2: yeah, I say
3: count it. I say
0: count it, yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i say count,
3: count it dog
0: we're gonna update the wikipedia <laughs> put it on right the list and then, yeah put it uh, on the, the jump yeah. boots there's body cyberpunk mods. classic yeah.
1: i'll tell you then then i i take back my keanu reeves is the king it's bob hoskins is the king of <laughs> cyberpunk oh, there but there
0: harrison go. ford know what cyberpunk is Then, on that note if you asked him Absolutely, I'd say absolutely not. no way. He's never smoked <laughs> yeah. he
3: would, he would. He would yell at you and say, don't you dare ask me another Star Trek question again. And we'd be like, that's well, amazing. amazing he, uh,
0: right. It's uh, amazing
2: he, he even came back for Blade Runner 2049. He does kick but, back with uh, yeah.
0: some doobies and vaporwave, but he doesn't know what it is. He just likes the way it sounds. <laughs> he yeah. says, look, hey, you I'm bring that tone at me one more time and I'm, I'm,
1: I'm going to crash this plane, okay? Yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm going to nail us here with uh, Jacob's list. We're going to go through. Obviously, we'll talk about some at the end because I'm sure, Jacob, again, you've had some hot ones that you've been Oh, and there's here.
2: a bunch that you could even add.
3: To-
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: We got a million questions. We'll keep vetting them. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic, Ghost in the Shell, Akira, Blade Runner, Matrix, Robocop, Brazil, Strange Days, Minority Report, Total Recall, Alita Battle Angel, Paprika, Existenz, Lawnmower Man, Dread, Mute, Upgrade, Altered Carbon, Bubblegum Crisis, Fifth Element, Elysium. And many more. There's some (laughs) great movies in there, some fucking stinkers in there too, guys, (laughs) but I
2: kind of love them all. And Colin, I added Elysium based on that video you showed me of the uh, similarities between Elysium and Cyberpunk 2077.
0: Totally. Even something like District 9 I don't think is quite far enough in the future, but it's like it's yes. heading in that direction, you know? Elysium right. is the terminus of kind of that aesthetic that they had taste there. of cyber. and
2: again i think even with um stuff that's not totally cyberpunk there's elements like like i told you last week i'm watching this show the expanse which is more of a traditional mm. space science fiction um but it's a near future and um there's definitely cyberpunk elements especially in the first season with uh the uh, Belters. guy um
3: thomas jane you said there's
2: thomas a noir, Jane, so there is a yeah, thomas jane is a pi like doing a noir detective thing it's in drinking the first season, in the it's bar very cyberpunk. It's
0: smoky yeah yeah very much totally, so.
3: totally. <laughs> punishing
0: people and himself yeah it's good <laughs> um yeah i mean of, of this stuff when we talked i mean we didn't really talk that much about blade runner but i mean obviously it's the noir aesthetic ridley scott tears in the Rain like classic classic what of these are like maybe underrated that you guys want to champion you know Um, Well, I'll throw
2: one out there. I was going to
0: mention Johnny Mnemonic,
2: but uh, Joe brought that up already. That's a great one that you guys should check out. Um, Strange Days uh, was one I also saw recently released the same year, 1995. Um, I guess there was kind of a resurgence of cyberpunk in the mid 90s. Um, But this was directed by Catherine Bigelow, written by James Cameron. Um, they used to be married, but this was made after they divorced, interestingly enough. Um, but this mo- so if you've played t- uh Cyberpunk 2077, a big part of the game is this technology called Braindance, where you can record basically your oh. experiences of events and then someone can replay that. And like it's like they're living it, they can feel the emotions that you felt, that kind of thing. That is pretty much ripped straight out of this movie, Strange Days. Um, So I'd say definitely check it out. It's very interesting. Um, So like, you know, you could rob a bank and while you're recording this and then someone can buy it later. And it's like, instead of watching movies or something, people experience these brain dances and um, it's a really interesting concept.
0: Yeah, and I I remember I was watching a video on some of the side quests in Cyberpunk 2077 and there's like, not too many spoilers, but like this guy's child was killed, and he was trying to recover that recorded memory so that no weirdos could buy it. That were like into oh,
2: oh my yeah, so it's God. like yeah, there's like a black market for like memories and shit. gore and like snuff snuff brain dances and that kind of thing, right? Which in and of
0: itself, that like concept, right? Which the idea of a short story kind of kicking off cyberpunk as a genre, like that as a side quest, which is what City Project Red does well. Like that idea totally. alone just. There's like Jesus Christ, that that's that's crazy. So cool, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And there's other ones where you um actually use you go into braindance editors and you can look around to do detective work basically based on these recordings and find out stuff. So it's a really it's an interesting
0: concept. It's Like mind jacking, like that's a really cool like conceit or like story hook that you could set up, if, especially for a detective. I like that a lot. You have to go into the memories. Yeah. Very, uh,
2: so strange days that's what this movie is all about, and it stars uh Voldemort himself, Rafe Fine. That's right, baby. Nice,
0: and he a is guy. super crazy
3: in
2: that movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's a very 90s movie, but it's a, it's a lot of fun.
0: Nice. Well, if I can jump in, I want to talk the anime side a little bit and then give my underrated recommendation. And actually, my recommendation is going to be Bubblegum Crisis, which is predates Akira by a year. And it's like an eight-part OVA series. It had a sequel in the 90s. It was a little bit longer. But, um, you know, Akira's known, you know, kind of got the motorcycles, the gangs, the the body horror and that kind of stuff. And then Ghost in the Shell is all about what is the nature of the soul and, you know, literally the ghost in the shell, the the soul in the machine and that kind of stuff. Bubblegum Crisis is like Streets of Fire (laughs) combined with Iron Man. (laughs) It's like... there's like a a rich lady whose parents invented these advanced robots and then she's secretly funding a group of four women with Iron Man suits um, that fight rogue robots that look like humans. So it's kind of like replicants and then they'll go crazy and then the four Iron Man women have to stop them. And the music, because it's kind of like Streets of Fire, has this cool like rocker vibe, which is something in the cyberpunk video game, the rocker archetype. It's almost like a bard So it's just got all the 80s things and I really recommend it. But what's fun is the enemy robots are called boomers. So the whole time they're like, oh, we (laughs) got to take down these boomers. Oh, not another boomer. And like post, okay, boomer meme. It's been great to uh, rewatch it. But for something that came up before Acura, I thought like, damn, this is really, really just coded in the cyberpunk uh, aesthetics. And what I liked is the short story point. There's just one episode, for example, a short story. There's a guy whose girlfriend became paralyzed thanks to a motorcycle gang. And so he decides to just modify his car into a Batmobile to just murder motorcycle gangs, like run them off the road. And then the modifications make the car have an AI and then they have to destroy the car and him because his revenge drive, right? And it's just like, that's an interesting short story. A guy loses his girlfriend's ability to walk and just goes on a rampage and they got to stop him, so... Just right. little pockets that of short great. stories is, 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 I think, a big strength of the genre. And it's a, it's not as good as Akira or Ghost in the Shell. But if you want to have like a slice of that era of anime, I I recommend Bubblegum Crisis. So totally. It's very fun.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. I definitely will be checking that out because I was a big fan of Akira, Ghost in the Shell, all those um, yeah. animes.
3: Mike, as a guy who curses out the Death Note live action movie. Mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell, Scarlett Johansson. Do you uh, have an opinion on
0: it? That's a good... Th- I've never seen That's it. a very good question, Calm, because I must say, um, as weird as it is that they try to hand wave the, the casting controversy with she has the memories of a dead Japanese girl in her oh, new robot body. <laughs> it's so bad, Mike. So, that being said, they do nail the aesthetic we talked about cyberpunk as the aesthetic like when i think of cyberpunk especially ghost in the shell it's hong kong it's neon it's the harbor it's rainy there's noodle shops right it's 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 all of that and the scarlett johansson movie nails the aesthetic and i give it full credit for that it's it's gorgeous and when i went to hong kong for the first time it was just like i am in cyberpunk right now it was awesome Whoa. and i need to do a quick walk back Uh, The noodle shops we talked about in Bubblegum Crisis, they all eat burgers. So it's like this reverse, you know, like Western fetishism. Oh, they're like (laughs) eating American food. Yeah. So in all the American cyberpunk, they eat noodles. And in Japanese cyberpunk, they got burgers. So I just, I like that little touch.
2: I would say, um, I never saw the Scarlett Johansson one. I might check that out at some point. But I would also say, Normies, if you haven't watched, you know, Ghost in the Shell, the original, I would definitely recommend that. It's, Still holds up, and you know something about that um, hand-drawn, like two D animation. Like it just looks really good, and the detail put into the cities and the circuitry everywhere and stuff. It's just, it, I love that aesthetic.
0: It's a great mystery too.
3: Now, yeah, there was a uh, there was a box cover that young Colin Brooks was nervous to walk by in Blockbuster. Naked lady animated on the front. If my mom saw me even try to pick that up, dudes. Oh yeah, I'm
0: certainly without question. My the first depictions of nudity before my child eyes were from anime. <laughs> Probably Ghost in the Shell is very likely the source. Jacob,
3: I've seen the Scarlett Johansson movie like five times. It's terrible, <laughs> and I love it. I, for some reason, it's I a real ride
2: to me. I was always kind of boycotting it because of the whole, you know, casting controversy. But I guess I'll have to check it out
0: just for the aesthetics alone. It, it's it's really awesome. Yeah. Um, and one fun fact about Akira, because everyone knows like how great it is, um, two fun facts. First of all, the final confrontation was supposed to happen in the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Stadium, which they were building, but then the Olympics got canceled, so we maybe dodged Akira in real life. But that was the most expensive animated film ever at the point, and they made it backwards where they recorded all the dialogue first, and then animated to match the lip syncing, which is way harder and way more expensive. So. Just the yeah. technical like animation of that movie is still like unlike anything made sense. So for, for those two reasons, you should check out Ghost in the Shell and Akira.
1: And to bloodborne this up, uh, one of the storyboard <laughs> artists from Akira was one of the directors of the Batman Beyond direct-to-video uh, movie. In that movie, there is a giant laser shooting down at the city, and the storyboard artist uh, was... It actually, did that scene himself because he wanted to see if he could outdo the work he had done in Akira because it wow. was essentially the same exact sequence, just being done in uh, in Neo Gotham,
0: that is, as opposed to Neo Tokyo. That is incredible. Oh man, and the, even Bubblegum Crisis has an orbital laser, but one of the directors of those episodes actually animated like almost all of the Thundercats series as a, as an animator. Oh, <laughs> so, neat. Go figure. Nice.
2: And I would say just on the subject of anime, I also think there's cyberpunk elements and a lot of other like like mech stuff. Like even like um you know, Neon Genesis Evangelion and has um, like mm-hmm. yeah. You know, there's a lot of you know, it's in the near future and there's technologies where they control these giant mechs and stuff. So I and they're also living in like a giant um like mega city of Tokyo where there's like underground Tokyo, I forget exactly. There's Neo but,
0: Tokyo um, and yeah.
2: Yeah, Neo Tokyo. Um, so I think there's definitely elements of that
0: Yeah, even something like Pat Labor is like the police have robot suits and it's like it's kind of like that but not too far in the future where they're in space yet it's like it's mm. a lot of that stuff definitely in the 80s 90s from Japan was heavily influenced by Blade Runner and stuff right does Looper count as cyberpunk oh. hmm. haven't seen it can't I can't answer
3: Oh, Mike, you would love Looper, mystery, Joe. You know, drugs. Yeah. B- not really body mods, but there's uh, telekinetic stuff. There's the stuff. TK you know, element, and I yeah the TK. Yeah,
1: there's the, and I feel like that's something that's always kind of bubbling under the surface in cyberpunk is like the idea that there is like some sort of other who has a a TK like ability.
0: Hmm. I don't know what a TK is. <laughs> it's like like a telekinesis. telekinesis or oh, something like
3: no, that. Okay. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, Mike, the way you've been talking about like short stories and stuff this entire time, Joe, I am so shocked there is not a Stephen King cyberpunk thing. Like literally the formula you guys have been going through. It's a car that gets revenge on motorcycle teens. Like mm-hmm. I'm really kind of shocked he never looked forward. He always stayed contemporary.
2: Right.
0: There is definitely a world for it. And yeah, just as a setting, yeah, the cyberpunk aesthetic and whole thing, yeah, it's like limitless. You, you want to do a Batman story? Go for it. You want to do an invisible naked lady beating up people in Hong Kong? Go for it. We don't care. It's, it's just a yeah. setting, yeah. All right, I'm going to do
3: mine now, underrated. I'm going to, unfortunately, skip off of anime. I'm going to talk directly to Joe here. I apologize to my comic boys. Something nobody has mentioned yet was kind of... Not very special to you and I, but just so of our times. Let's talk about Marvel. Let's talk about not 2077 cyberpunk. Let's talk Marvel 2099 madness An entire imprint boys where literally they said, hey, 90s Marvel writers, picture what the future is. And it'll be all this stuff of anti-corpo and, you know, robots and androids and body mods and people like this. Everything hit. I mean, there was a Punisher, there was X-Men, there was all that stuff. Only two survive. Joe and I's favorite characters, Spider-Man 2099, obviously sort of the biggest about it. We saw him for a little bit into the Spider-Verse right at the end of the tail credits scene. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, Doctor Doom. Doom 2099 was like
1: a huge book for Marvel. Wow. Wow. And they really have all of the, the elements you've come to expect, even like with, you know, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara is, is a melting pot in himself. Like there is the idea that there is, you know, like the multiculturalism is hit really hard. The neon colorscape, all of that stuff makes it into uh, to the 2099 verse, which I think, totally. they, you know, they've, they've gone back to that well a handful of times with like the 2099 Avengers and things like that.
3: Ooh, can I really blow your mind, Joe? There's like a Miles 2099 now. Like, they are truly yeah. like, look, we'll, we'll give you everything. But look, wow. Alchemex, a corporation, you know, that owns all the cities that uh, Spider-Man has to bring down. And exactly what Joe said, Miguel O'Hara. He's an Irish-Mexican, you know, guy in the future who was bit by an even crazier spider and uses a robo suit. <laughs> and it's just like, absolutely. fucking lutely
2: That's crazy.
0: I totally forgot about the 2099 Spider-Man cuz I did watch the show and like yeah dude that's super sick. And now that they're throwing Miles. Yeah, they made the
1: uh they made Spider-Man Unlimited which was just like trying to right, cash yeah. in on the uh it, was, it was the pseudo. 2099 aesthetic but but it was still Peter Parker. They weren't ready to like yes. get off of Peter Parker yet. Yeah. Um Oscar Isaacs voiced him in the uh Spider-Verse tail cred right. scene you know we haven't seen anything for the sequel yet but i mean i'm hoping 2099 is in there he's a a major spider person that has not been featured much outside of the comics and uh, the shattered dimensions video game but
3: joe if it happens if it happens in this live action movie that's coming up spider-man 3 where everybody's like it's all these things it's like a live action spider-verse oh my god could they ever do, would 2099 pop up? Because that would open their world up to, let's just do 2099 movies.
0: Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm here not? for it. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I mean, in a, uh, a genre that we're talking about, cyberpunk, that's all about the web and net running, I guess if any hero could do it uh, well, it would be Spider-Man. That's my one for the day. <laughs> there you go.
2: It, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, into the spider-verse kind of showed that um you know you can make popular uh spider-man stuff not gen- not totally featuring like peter parker so why not have you know a, a spider-man 2099 spinoff that's just a whole movie um that i like i'd watch that probably. go wacky
3: go weird
0: would you get a swip would you yeah. get a web shooter body mod joe if that was on the table Oh maybe. Maybe <laughs> I
1: would get some sort of like like harpoon or, or grappling hook built into right. my body. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That could work, yeah. Um, I don't know. You I don't could know get, uh, if I have the trust for it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Speaking but um yeah, speaking of that, um in Johnny Mnemonic, right, they have the little the one the one guy has a little wire that like comes out of his wrist and he like uses that to like kill people. Pinky laser. That's wrap. yeah, that's a thing. In the game, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, one of the modifications you get is like this this wire that comes out of your hands and you just whip people with it it's it's great
0: i can only imagine how many like references to other cyberpunk media in that game obviously i haven't played it yet but it's it's just got to be staggering how many things there i wouldn't be surprised if there's not a, a graffiti of the night sabers which is the group from bubblegum crisis somewhere hidden in that game and i would love it if there was yeah
3: Mike, is Ready Player One the ultimate cyberpunk thing?
0: Hmm. I would not say ultimate, and I wonder if it it, it does have that though, because it's a corporation. I wouldn't consider the underclass In the book, he he rides Akira's cycle. Like that is his his go to yeah.
1: vehicle in the book. And it is IOI is the uh you know, the big evil corporation.
0: I think it's got I the elements I'm, there.
2: Ready Player One, the thing is like it's all um, like the the point of it is like, it's all references to things in the past. So like, you know, like especially in the eighties. Um, so, you know, there could be references to things like blade runner, but I don't know if that necessarily makes it
0: cyberpunk. Well, the technology is going- cyber pop. Cyber. Yeah, cyber. Okay, so Joe,
3: that's exactly where we are, because, Jacob, you're so right. Cyberpunk is an idea of what the future is going to look like from us in the past, when Ready Player One is the future obsessed with nostalgia. It is cyber pop, Joe.
0: Wow. How many genres do we have now? Yeah. <laughs> The minutia is Yeah, and that's, I just you
1: know oh, what does cyber polka look like? <laughs>
3: oh man. But I think that's, that, um, that's when Weird Al does cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah.
1: yes.
2: I think a lot of uh, things that you know you might call cyberpunk or cyberpunk adjacent. A lot of times they don't always get the whole ethos of it. They might get the aesthetic, but they're missing the punk ethos, uh, the you know socio political themes, and that's something that I think Cyberpunk 2077 the game suffers from. Um, which, Mm. uh, you know, we might get into the video games coming up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to do want to touch on it. You played it since the update, but then as you said, some things that are adjacent that aren't for me, like I don't consider minority report cyberpunk personally, but when I think about it objectively in the themes of the story, like I get it, it's just too shiny for me, you know?
2: Well, it has a different aesthetic. Um, but it's, it's, kind of a different era imagining what the near future is going to be like. But what's interesting about the movie Minority Report, if you rewatch it, it predicts a lot of things in technology that end up coming true, like touchscreens and things like that which didn't exist when that when that movie came out. I mean, so Star I kind of
0: Trek's been having an iPad since 84, so.
3: <laughs> true. I, wanted, yeah. I want you guys to think about this one. This is a film series that's had robots question their humanity whether or not robots should be slaves. Cool vehicles, cool technology. One of the protagonists actually has, like, he's missing a hand, so he actually has a robot hand. Does this sound cyberpunk? Is
0: this this Star Wars? Yeah.
3: Is this this Star Wars, Mike? Okay, the big question. Does it have to take place on Earth to be cyberpunk? Is it that it's the foreign Mm -hmm. element? Is Star Wars not cyberpunk?
2: Well, I wouldn't call Star Wars cyberpunk, because that's more... Science fantasy the empires right? that's, not a that's a, essentially corporation? a fantasy story told in a sci-fi setting where you have um, an emperor and you have knights you know they're the jedi and um, so I don't know if I would consider that cyberpunk there necessarily.
0: There is there is one sequence in the Star Wars movies that is cyberpunk and that is when they go down to Coruscant in Attack of the Clones and they're hunting for Zam Wessel with the Death Sticks. They go to the Jaxter Dexter's, that is Dexter's is Diner. Diner. Yeah, that, is, that yeah. is so cyberpunk. And but... Jester Dexter is cyberpunk,
1: yeah. too. If, um, if Coruscant if there was just a Coruscant called Earth, movie. then yes, I would say it is <laughs> cyberpunk. But since Earth is not an element in it, I say no. Right.
2: Well, I also don't think that... that yeah, I also don't think Star Wars deals with the kind of thematic issues that Cyberpunk normally deals with, right? It's, it's not about um, generally about like androids or body modification so much. Um, that's a little part of it, but it's not really it's elements of it.
3: Well, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: there are um, like some parts in the Clone Wars that do deal with kind of the underbelly of Coruscant more. I think if there was an entire series based on kind of that crime world and that darker side of the course on undercity then yeah that could have a lot of the cyberpunk boxes it doesn't necessarily have to be earth for me to count it because there's plenty of media that takes place in space stations that were built by earthlings or like even alita battling or yeah, right. has mars involved and stuff so i'm okay getting off planet but uh that would be the closest you get is that Coruscant on underbelly because generally like, yeah i
2: think at At one point, they were going to make a game called, like...
0: 1313? 1313.
2: yeah. I feel like that would have been very cyberpunk. Um, Just seeing the seedy underbelly of Coruscant, for sure. But the whole, you know, Jedi versus Sith, lightsabers, the Force, I wouldn't consider any of that, like, really cyberpunk. Still
0: cool, though. That's like knights in armor and shit. Yeah, that's very fantasy to me. Space opera. Yeah, I feel
1: like the punk has got to be a big element of it. It has to have that aesthetic i mean like like i said at the top to me more than anything it is like a vibe that you can just sense uh what about running man the running man Mm. Uh, it's on earth
3: yeah i mean the game is obviously the stand-in for the corporation he's leading an uprising
0: totally i would say yes i think it's leading to a society that's fully cyberpunk but it's just like postmodern era like we're not right. yeah. quite there. You well, tape.
1: to me, that's it's almost like,
2: like cyber um, oldies. <laughs> yeah, that are, that's almost like <laughs> you know Dick Isaac it, Asimov it, and uh, Philip K. Dick, who are kind of pre-cyberpunk, but they are dealing with similar uh, themes sometimes. But that's almost sci-fi that's that's predates cyberpunk. Yeah, that's cyber
0: genre. cyber British invasion era. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly cyber yeah. heavy metal.
0: That that's the next one right. I,
2: Well, I,
3: yeah. I was going to say, let's jump to it then. Let's let's talk about the game. Let's get some updates. Let's get some wrap-ups here talking mm-hmm. Cyberpunk.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, Jacob, um, you played it recently. We talked about it on the last episode, but there's a new patch. Has it gotten any better? Have you noticed anything cool, explored anything different?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I did want to jump back into it again. I... The last time before this, this last weekend, the last time I played it was January 1st. So I played about 60 hours, like I said, and I kind of um, just kind of lost interest. Uh, The story started out really interesting and engaging and then kind of loses its momentum like halfway through and and I just lost interest. So with the new patch coming out, the big patch that's supposed to fix a lot of it bugs and whatnot i was like excited to jump back in and see how it ran right and uh you would think it would run better right uh no actually for me i felt like it actually ran worse (laughs) somehow
0: this is an argument why you wouldn't get a body mod in real life (laughs) yeah you think is an upgrade it could really be a downgrade
3: what did you do right
2: and i guess this happens sometimes where you know anytime you have a new patch like new bugs come up but for some reason I had more bugs than when I was originally playing I had T posing NPCs I had you know in one cutscene there's someone talking on a cell phone and then they like put their hand down but the the cell phone just is like um just uh levitating like in front of their face um incredible and yeah it's just like it did not run well at all and uh it's just amazing
0: I hope in the Game next breaking. like Maybe, right? I'm hoping in the next Blade Runner movie when they give them the test that when a replicant fails, they just T-pose. It's <laughs> like oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, <just crumble. laughs> that's right. how you can tell.
2: But um I did uh you know play a little bit more into the main story. I did some side missions as well. Um I still have not made it all the way through, but I looked at like the main story missions. I'm about three missions away from the final, you know, no going back mission where you know it ends wow. the game. Um, so and it's it's pretty short for like a triple-a single-player rpg like that the campaign seems uh pretty short and especially compared to something like the witcher 3 which i just did a full playthrough of the base game that main story uh maybe goes on like 20 more hours than cyberpunk feels like
0: gotcha and and like the witcher i mean a big point of praise with The Witcher 3 was the strength of the side quests, and as I mentioned with the one with trying to recover the memory of the child being killed or anything like that, I think they do even nod to the tears in the rain scene on a certain side quest. Are the side quests strong, you know, comparatively? Um, and are there more of those that maybe you didn't get to yet that might flesh out your game time?
2: There are some interesting ones. I don't think it's as, again, I don't think it's as good as The Witcher 3. Um, certain side quests in The Witcher 3 are like some of the best, you know, side quests in a game ever. And it's like they put more, you know, effort and work into these side quests than um, other games will put into their main story. So um, it's hard to to meet that bar. Um, There are some interesting side quests in this game, but it's not, you know, not as good, I think.
0: That's The Witcher. Mike
3: dropped an interesting video for us last time about a a guy who just does, like, comparisons through what's actually shown and said. I watched that video, Mike, where literally you see the de-evolution of, it's an RPG. This is an RPG game we're going to release. It's so versatile. You know, cyberpunk games should be RPGs. Look at Shadowrun. It's all about who you are, your job, customization. Exactly what Joe said about Johnny Mnemonic. A lot of this stuff is, what is your job, right? Then you see it evolve into, well, actually, it's an adventure game. It's a a very simple Easy adventure game. There's not a lot of distinctions. Does it matter, Jacob, what your role of the three that you picked was at all? Has it affected your gameplay, the story, anything?
2: Not too much. Generally, you'll get uh, unique uh, dialogue options sometimes. So Uh, the three starting paths are Street Kid, uh, Nomad, and Corpo. So Nomads are like the... yeah. (laughs)
3: I'm a street kid.
2: Obviously, <laughs> I played. I played street Kid, choose? Yeah.
3: Okay. Great. I picked obviously. street kid. Um, no
0: that's
2: kind of like your. Yeah, you're like a petty criminal coming up on the on the streets. Uh, nomads in this game are kind of packs of of um, you know, out in the outskirts beyond the city limits. They're kind of roving packs where they Apocalypse. drive around and they're, they're like basically the mad like Max. Mad Max. Yeah. Cosplay. Um, and yeah. then corpo are obviously you know self-explanatory um yeah i wasn't about to pick corpo but um and that's another thing you know cyberpunk they kind of miss the the ethos uh the political socio-political themes a lot of times some of these side quests you have are like you helping the police like some of the just like the minor um you know you stop certain you uh do things where you stop uh, gangs and then you take police warrants and you you fulfill those so that doesn't feel very cyberpunk to me um but basically it's just hard to uh state how how disappointing this game is to me because it was one of my most like anticipated games in a long time with you know the prestige of CD product red um and just, you know, I'm a big fan of the, the genre of cyberpunk. So I was very excited to play it. And it just feels like a huge letdown. And it's hard to, it's hard to even talk about.
0: Well, they say you either die the punk or you live long enough to see yourself become the Corpo. So and I guess that's what happened to CD Projekt Red, unfortunately. That's right. And, and, and again,
2: like the cut content, like you said, Colin, like, um, it really does feel like it, it was going to be an RPG, but they cut so much out of it. It's like. Once you create your character in the character creation screen, you can never change your haircut. You can't change your tattoos, anything like that. Um, you can't customize your cars. You can't change the paint job or anything like that. It just feels like so much stuff is missing from this game.
3: I distinctly remember when the marketing was really you know, ramping up, that the people were saying, oh, this is going to make Skyrim look like it was... Made on the Atari. Like it mm-hmm. is the right. complex level of thought and story and character and everything that we have put the finer details, the world you are going to inhabit. I, boy, I, Joe and Mike, what are we thinking here? Have you watched more? Do you care? Are you counting down the minutes? Are you ever going to get Cyberpunk? Are they going to be able to fix this thing in your mind when the first patch came out and it broke the game further? <laughs>
1: Oh, man, it's tough. Like, when we were first talking about this on an E3 episode, which I bet would be really funny to go back and listen to, everyone (laughs) was so hyped. And I remember saying, like, I had a hard time getting into The Witcher because I prefer the cyberpunk sci-fi aesthetic to the fantasy one. Like, I just don't really care about fantasy as much as I do for for the cyberpunk look. So I was right. just so excited to have that game with this aesthetic. And it just seems like even if you get it and you can play it, it's not going to be that. It's just going to kind of be, you know, something you'll play for a weekend and then forget about. And I was hoping it wouldn't be that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I would say it's, it is
0: that. Even when I've seen the three starting choices, it's basically like they just glued the first ten pages of your book in differently, but the the rest of the thing is still the same. Oh, yeah. It's all different. It's like
2: after the beginning of the game, it doesn't matter at all. Like you just get the, it's just unique the prologue. Dialogue occasionally where you can be like, oh yeah, I was a street kid, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the story at all. <laughs> Anyways,
0: um, how is this relevant anyway? Yeah. And um, another thing I want to say
2: about the story is that um it starts out really good and engaging and I was into it. And once you pass the prologue, it kind of loses a lot of its momentum and um, a little bit of a spoiler here, but certain characters get killed off and they were some of the most interesting characters and they get killed off in the first act. And it's like, it feels like such a missed opportunity because you develop like a relationship with these characters and then they just die. And then the second half of the game is like a completely different cast of characters. And you're like, where did these people come from? Very strange, very strange structure. But I, but when
3: they die, they reference your dick size, right? So it is worth it in the end. <laughs> take the pick.
1: Yeah. You can't get a haircut, but you can have a huge penis.
2: <laughs> right, but even that, it doesn't matter You're because like you dong. never see it. Even in the so-called sex scenes, you know, you don't see yourself naked. You don't see your genitalia. So what was the point in right. putting that in there?
0: Just so it could well, click maybe through if your you, pants you, when there's a bug. <laughs>
1: If you make it big enough, there's, like, one line of dialogue that's thrown into the the background. Oh, my God, Samurai. I'm pretty sure
0: that's the only way you get the true (laughs) ending, yeah.
2: Yeah, and again, they made the decision to make this game totally in first-person POV, which is interesting because, like, The Witcher was third-person. This, you know, in games like Skyrim and stuff where you can switch between them, this one, it's only in first-person, so you don't see yourself ever except when you look in a mirror.
1: Um, wow! I so, will. I take it back. I'll never play this game. <laughs> that is, like, it's an interesting new. choice.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, that, it makes the really is. breaks my heart. <laughs> it makes the the gun combat better because I think that's easier to do in first person. But the you can't sure. zoom your character out and like actually look at them. Only if you get on a motorcycle, you're driving a motorcycle around. You can see yourself driving on the motorcycle, but that's basically it.
0: Yeah, as much as the aesthetic is the whole point of cyberpunk, not being able to see what you look like is a huge negative. Right.
2: And, and again, as a prologue, um, in the prologue, there's a montage where you're doing, you see your character doing all this cool stuff. And so it's this montage and then it's over and you're like, wait a minute. I wanted to do all that cool stuff. Like I wanted to be in control (laughs) of my character. And that feels like cut content. Like they were going to have it and they're like, let's just make it a a montage. And it's just so strange. The decisions they made, Mm. Um, but I will say, you know, casting Keanu Reeves, um, was a good choice. I do like that he's in the game and he fits his role. It's not like the typical Keanu character. So it's a little different. Um, and what's interesting, and I didn't even know this when I first started playing that this game is actually based on an established IP, which is cyberpunk, the tabletop RPG, um, which has been out for a while, you know, there's Shadowrun and there's this uh, cyberpunk. And so even the character of like Johnny Silverhand, which is Keanu Reeves' character, that's an established character from Rogue the is earlier an established games. established
0: character from the game.
2: Yeah, so I'm sure there's a ton of references that I don't even understand because I'm not that familiar with, but um, I didn't even realize that. So very interesting.
0: Damn. Again, just compounding the baffling choice to make it not an RPG when it's based on a right. tabletop RPG. But, well, I uh, think well, it's... Yeah. it's
2: It's an RPG, but they just cut out a lot of the content that makes RPGs great. Gives you choice. Player choice is just like, you know, a big part of RPGs. Obviously, Um, it's a shame.
0: Well, well, the illusion of choice is also a big theme of cyberpunk media in general, and maybe that's what they're just trying to teach you. (laughs) Yeah, could be. But I do. It's very meta.
2: Yeah. But on the subject of video games, I do have a recommendation. If you want to play a cyberpunk game, but you don't want to play. 2077 um, and that is Shadowrun right so Shadowrun Mm -hmm. is the other big uh, tabletop RPG world which mixes fantasy and sci-fi cyberpunk Um, it's like you know a cyberpunk world where elves and dwarves exist Um, so it's a very it's a mix of things right but it's a very cool world and um, there actually have been yeah and there actually have been video games based on that that tabletop world and I've played the the most recent ones, which is a trilogy of of uh, RPGs, top down isometric style RPGs with turn based combat, like XCOM or or like the Wasteland games or Baldur's Gate or anything like that. Um, and that's Shadowrun Returns. So there's Shadowrun Returns, Dragonfall, and Hong Kong, and they came out in 2014, 15, 16, I think. And those are uh, Really good games, probably better cyberpunk games than, than 2077.
3: <laughs> nice. I'll go ahead and shout out then a, a series like Metal Gear, which we've talked about a little bit, right? Metal and Gear. Mike and I, we've detected Snatcher from the same yep, creators, totally. you know, a very, very, I mean, like, super Blade Runner inspired. He just wanted to make Blade Runner. How about the Deuce Runner. X series? very true.
2: Deus Ex. I've yeah, never Deus played X. Deus
3: Ex. Thank you. I've never played one of those. I think that's sort of cyberpunky,
2: right? Yeah, definitely. That's totally another series that's very uh cyberpunk. Deus Ex the original. And I would say um man there's one called Mankind Reloaded or something like that. Mm, yeah. Um and there's Human Revolution. Um the Mankind one is is pretty good. I've played a little bit of that those are more more recent but uh the original deus ex is kind of old school it's an rpg um you know it's 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 a little old so it has some outdated things in video games so if you're i
3: guarantee it plays better than cyberpunk
2: it might yeah it might um so yeah definitely check out deus ex and check out uh shadow run returns i had a lot of fun with those Hmm. you 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 know, it's typical, like, turn-based combat, but you can be a magic user, you can be an, a net runner and hacking into the Matrix. So street Samurai. The Matrix. Or you can be a Street Samurai, which is, like, fully, uh you know, combat-based. A lot of options. And then you take companions with you and new engagements and, you know, typical, like, those kind of games are.
0: Right. And then if you just want to run around a futuristic neon city, sort of, I mean, Sleeping Dogs is an open-world game where you're running around mm-hmm. Hong Kong... And you can either help the cops or the triads. And it's like, it's not cyberpunk, but it's like there's Neon, there's noodle shops, there's crime, there's car stealing. And it's like probably a lot better executed than cyberpunk was. And it's, right. like, it's a fun little game. So. And Worth I, mentioning. I,
2: yeah, totally. And Shadowrun, I also want to say, also has that multicultural feel to it where it's like, you know, very, um, you know, just very inspired by those other things. And Bright. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun.
0: Nice. Alright. Well, Cyberpunk. We've done the the movies, the games, we've chatted it up. How about we go ahead and get some final thoughts before we hop off the net? I think we're being traced by the corpos and we want to get out of here while the getting's still good. So we'll catch you on the flip here. Cyberpunk samurai.
3: We're back on Normies Like Us. We're about to log off our conversation about cyberpunk. It's coming to an end here. Final thoughts, we're wrapping it up. Talked it all as a genre. Did the niche to the normie. We gave a lot of recommendations for movies, comics, uh, games, media to consume. Any other shout-outs anybody wants to do while they're kind of doing the wrap-ups? I'd say hit it. We didn't talk about Fifth Element at all. Mm. Joe, you just watched it easily one of the best oh, yeah. screenplays of all time. Movies of all time,
1: I, anything of all time. I right? adore that movie. Multipass. Yeah, and I think it yeah. definitely fits in, you know, it it has the the aesthetic of cyberpunk and I'll just lead into my final thoughts with that. Like the aesthetic of cyberpunk, I just enjoy, man. I just like it. Mm-hmm. I like the feel of these stories and I like that it can be a backdrop to anything. You know, you said like you could be a street kid, it's like cool. Give me cyberpunk Aladdin, where uh, street kids gotta marry a corpo, and there's some sort of TK genie. You know, mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll take any of this stuff. Uh, it's <laughs> a bummer that the game is is what it is. Uh, after hearing Jacob's la- latest update, I'll probably never play it. To be honest, I didn't realize you couldn't zoom out of first person. I don't really like first-person RPGs like that. I would prefer that in in the third person, so I'll probably never play that game. I hope uh, someone fills that space and gives us a good cyberpunk game. There are a couple comics to throw out there, too. Um, the the Private Eye was written by uh, Brian K. Vaughn. It's kind of, what if the cloud crashed and everyone's uh, information was out there? So, People had to develop new identities and and had all these crazy masks they wore and things like that. So take that aesthetic and apply any classic story to it, and I am here for it. I am a cyberpunk fan. Watch Batman Beyond.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, that's the big one. (laughs) Is
1: Titan AE,
0: is that cyberpunk? uh, Oh, you want to go ahead?
1: No, because it's it's too far. I feel like it does have to be
0: like...
3: It's yeah, just in space. Like it, They're up against aliens. I
1: feel like that's, a, you know, that's one of the things with cyberpunk, though, is it's like, I like this, and it's kind of edgy. Is this cyberpunk? <laughs> like that's,
2: yeah. Is this he, cyberpunk? What about uh, Treasure Planet? Is that pirate punk? Yes. Absolutely <laughs> that's, that's cyberpunk. That's Wouldn't cyber you say shanty. so, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> cyber <laughs> shanty. Cyber shanty, okay. yes. The, yeah, this is
3: my thesis, because Joe just said it, and it's perfect. Cyberpunk is so perfect for quote-unquote hipsters. That is our generation. Let's take that word back. (laughs) The need and rise in our generation to be individuals was a lot larger than other generations. I would say even in the shift of the 90s where a lot of this was popping up in the early 80s as well. Um, that, That same feeling where when you look at something and you go oh, is that a record player that you have? Yeah, and it's not one that I bought at Target. It's one that I put together with different pieces and stuff and blah, 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 and it sounds better and it does this. That is the edge of cyberpunk. We are, we are almost there. Just the appreciation of using technology to create individualism, to uh, show off yourself, um, to put an identity to I love it. It's exactly what Joe just said. It is an aesthetic. You know, we laughed a lot. Steampunk, vaporwave, all that bullshit. Yeah, it's it's, you know, shades of colors that are so close to each other. Yes, we understand that. That's the point we've been pointing out this time. But when you taste the flavor, truly, like when people saw Blade Runner. Jacob, there is a reason William Gibson was like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, like, literally to go, like, like it is, you know it when you see it and when you taste right. it and when you're experiencing it. And it's, in my opinion, always good. I watched Mute, Duncan Jones, an interesting filmmaker, son of David Bowie. Oh, Moon, yeah. I would say is very cyberpunk. Mute, I would say, is very cyberpunk as well. Bad movies. But guess what? I love watching them because I'm like, oh. Look at the robots, look at the backgrounds, look at how it uses, moon uses is a models, movie. CGI's. I, I like moon, but mute, I think, is really bad, but I, I don't know. So okay. no matter what, it's going to be worth watching, and I think it's going to be worth investing in this more, and I think we're going to see a lot more of it the older our generation gets.
2: Yeah, I think it's had a resurgence with our generation, too, because... Um, A lot of, you know, there's an 80s aesthetic resurgence in general in media, right? And I think um, that 80s nostalgia, Blade Runner and things like that fits right into that. So, um, And also our generation is like the first to be raised, you know, with the internet being a thing. So I think that's a big part of, uh, you know, our generation. Um, One thing I did want to say about Cyberpunk 2077... I've been harsh on it, but I do want to say there are certain moments when you're playing the game where it really, you know, it just hits really good. And you're just like, man, this is, you know, I'm having a lot of fun. This is, looks great. There's certain tiny moments within that game that are really good. Um, the you city said it's looks beautiful. great. Yeah, I mean, the city looks great. If you're just walking down the street at night in the rain, I mean, it literally looks like you're walking through Blade Runner. So I think that's probably the best part of the game and it's you could just walk through that city for hours but um on an aesthetic level i think they nailed it but the story you know not so much certain you know the gameplay so there's a lot of downsides but i do want to give it its fair due um there were certain moments that i had a lot of fun with it um uh one thing i did want to say to uh you talked about altered carbon a little bit um that's I, I I saw the first season. I thought it was pretty good. That's a very cyberpunk uh, idea of like you know trading bodies and stuff. Anthony Mackie's in the second season, which I haven't watched yet. Um, I might have to check that out. I heard it's pretty
3: um, bad. His season. Yeah, it's kind I of heard what's holding right. me
2: off. Um, but another thing, Black Mirror. That's kind of like. The Twilight Zone, Cyberpunk Twilight Zone, right? There's certain episodes that are more cyberpunk than others, but um, there's definitely cyberpunk within that. So check out Black Mirror, um, check out all that stuff, check out The Expanse. But I love the aesthetic like you guys, and I love the uh, thematic relevance to current events. I like the idea of you know, taking what's going on in the world and expounding upon into the future and how that might affect the world as a whole, and how how technology might affect things um i just love that so um i love cyberpunk and had a great time talking about it with you guys
3: hey final thesis here's why i think it works for all four of us the word cyber pretty cool i like that the word punk pretty cool (laughs) i'm down with both those ideas you're not into steam. None of us here is like, well, steam is the coolest thing ever. I love steam
1: rooms. Me. I'm I like in the old too. timey trains. But I'm not you know what Steampunk, I mean? Though. But Jacob,
3: when you look at something in your life, it's like I can relate to technology, all that stuff. Old timey, you know, goggles and top hats and being like this faux sort of sincerity of like, oh, what if it didn't progress? The, the embracing of what if it did progress and it was terrible? That's what makes <laughs> cyberpunk interesting. Yeah.
1: None none yeah. of us have ever like rocked a bowler hat or had like a no. like, goofy mustache, <laughs> which is why we like <laughs> cyberpunk and not steampunk. <laughs>
2: yeah. Look, I got nothing against
1: steampunk. Right, right. I don't have anything against it. I'm just saying no, like, yeah. you know, I've never like it's worn a monocle. Uh, <laughs> I don't have anything. Yeah. It's certainly Aft not pirate. as
2: popular. I mean, there's no major motion pictures that are steampunk wild, wild <laughs> generally. Wild, uh, Wild West. Yeah, dog.
0: Wild, Wild West. <laughs> yeah, come on. An American yeah. classic. Did a whole episode. I'm going to go back and listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. That is a great movie. But if I could, yeah. Aha. 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 Jim West. Desperado. If I can give my final thoughts on <laughs> cyberpunk, <laughs> this is Mike, not Jim Please. West. Um, what I, what I like about it is generally, you know, it, it's a genre of sci-fi that deals exclusively almost, you know, with human and human problems and human ideas. There's not aliens, right? For example, it's generally the technology humans create. What are the effects of that? What's the effect of the society that we created built on this technology? I love the, you know, kind of post-nationalism that a lot of it has, where it is just kind of this one society. Everyone's eating noodles as it's coming out in the late seventies and early eighties when people are just learning about sushi in the West and now how many ramen shops do we each have in each of our neighborhoods for God's sake, you know? So this idea of the, the melting pot really coming true and it being about us versus like the capitalist, you know, overlords, essentially the, the 1% as Bernie cyberpunk would, would put it. Um, (laughs) and that's like themes that we're still dealing with, you know, you know, and, uh, I do like it and it's, yeah, a version of the future. That's still at its core, very human, you know? And I think that's why like people fuck with it a lot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, cyberpunk, I like rock and roll. It's got that vibe and, uh, it's a fun genre. And even if the game isn't great, um, there's still a myriad of ways to experience this genre as we've just discussed on the episode. So punk cyberpunk is not dead. Uh, and I'm just hoping the negative response from the game doesn't kind of hurt like public interest in the genre as a whole, you know? Because um, if you Google cyberpunk right. right now, it always defaults to the game. And it's like, no, there's a, there's a whole bunch well, of I think, stuff uh, out here.
2: Yeah. And I think the game coming out kind of raised the consciousness of cyberpunk for people because, you know, there's probably people before they probably might not even know the term cyberpunk, but they know they liked Blade Runner and the Matrix and that kind of thing, but they didn't know there was a term encompassing
0: it all. Right. And I just, I think there was an opportunity where if the game was a hit, every film for the next five years would have been cyberpunk. But now yes, because the game is right. kind of lukewarm, I think it's going back to the niche guys. You got to say right. it was going to become yeah. normie if this was a hit and it wasn't. But, that's but so like true, I said,
2: Mike. Matrix 4 coming out December 2021. Yeah. Yeah maybe uh you know 90s leather cyberpunk is going to become popular oh yeah and that brings me to my last last
0: point not cyber grunge it. cyber grunge it's like Hell yeah because the 90s we had a resurgence and it's like is something like office space cyberpunk is fight club cyberpunk and it, no but the themes are there of like i don't want to be the punk right you know a, a round peg and a round hole i want to be different right so that attitude was very present in the '90s, and that's why you started to get things like Johnny Mnemonic and the remake of Bubblegum Crisis, and you know, starting storyboards on The Matrix and things like that. So, the attitude prevails totally. even to 2021. So we'll see what comes up, and hopefully wow. the wave uh, keeps rolling. I do like the genre. Yep. I am shocked. It's not going to be in this body though. We'll all be in our
3: new robot ones by then. And normies, if you're still listening. In that future, that wasteland future, we urge you to rate, review, and subscribe the podcast as we always do. We urge you to check us out on all our socials at normies underscore like underscore us. Hit us up. What do you want to hear? What do you want to hear us talk about? What do you want to um, get normieized? Let's start saying stuff like that as (laughs) cyberpunk has been today. Normie Punk. Punk. This is Normie Punk. We've been your Normie Punk hosts. This is Hacker Colin.
0: Mike Koto Kusanagi. I am from Japan.
1: <laughs> yeah, wink.
0: Uh, wink. Joe, go watch Batman Beyond Asta. It's on yeah. your business card. <laughs> yes.
1: this
2: is cyber Jacob hacking into <laughs> your cyber nets.
0: This is Cyber Baby New Year. (laughs) Cyber Baby New Year. He's been reading. I've been downloading.
2: About to crash this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thought you'd seen the last of them.
0: Oh hell yeah! This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes. And you'd really be one of my man if you share it with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. Pretty sure I'm back.
1: <laughs> Just when they I'm pull me out, I'm they back. jack me back in.
3: I hate it when they. I'm scratch. thinking I'm Johnny Silverhands. <laughs>
2: nice. Is that like a Keanu voice? Sort of. I think That's it's like one of those. Voice. You know,
1: yeah, Cyberpunk is always like so. Intense for no reason. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a gritty guy named Blaze.
0: Yeah, yeah, they call me Flipper Jipper. It's (laughs) 600 megabytes of RAM and all smoking hot data. I knew she was trouble when I downloaded the JPEG (laughs) as soon as she walked into my
1: my my internet cafe. Uh,
0: everyone's just vaping. It's me,
1: Xander Cage. I plugged in my shoes for
3: recharging.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> it my, is my shoes Cage. needed
0: to charge.
2: Yeah. Xander is a cool name oh, though, for a cyberpunk character.
1: <laughs> Xander is a
0: cyberpunk name if I've ever heard one dog. I'd say yeah.